Hi and welcome to Guys on Bikes Talking Shite, a podcast that covers the ups, the downs and the detours of planning an adventure and everything else that follows. I am looking forward to the, uh, the, the end sort of Monaco casino night, you know, assuming there's no issues at the border to Monaco, like uh, I've never been. It might be easy to walk into a shopping center, although that's, that's difficult of late these days. But uh, hmm. especially if we meet up with uh, my mate, uh, she said we could stay in her house uh, one of the nights. She's got an apartment. Well, it's her fellow's apartment. He's like, uh, he works on yachts, so he's like gone six weeks at a time. So he might be there, he might not, I'm not sure. But like the apartment below them, they were going to renovate and rent out, and they're not. But I think the space for us to crash if you want some night. Uh, I think that's in Antibay, that's the place. Yeah. But uh, it's not too far from Nice. But I'm not sure how uh, far along it is on our journey that day. Is it halfway? Is it closer to the end? You know, you don't want to cycle all the way to Nice and cycle back to then grow that night. I think it's about 10, 10 minutes drive from Nice or so. I mean, she can always just get a taxi and meet us in Nice and then we go to Monaco. I mean, how mm-hmm. far is Nice to Monaco or Monte Carlo? Oh, it's right there. We're not going to go to Monte Carlo. You meant like... <laughs> Where's Monte Carlo? Where's Monte Carlo? Is that not in, uh, in Monaco now? It is, but it's just really funny. It's Monaco is the main town. But then what's Monte Carlo? Is that just a portion of it? Yeah, it's here. Yeah, it's the Principality of Monaco. He said it as if it was in Italy, and I was like completely lost with my geography. Uh, uh, Turin. Uh, Idiot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's just it's funny. What do you think the tuxedo I'm bringing for? I liked I like the other tab view you've set here as well, the day by day view. I think that's working really well. Yeah, so this so yeah, so I've kind of restructured how our uh day by day itinerary looks. I think this is a much easier one for us to actually have a look at day by day. Mm. So What's really interesting, and this is a recommendation I would have for anyone who's listening, is that if you're going over to France specifically, every tiny town, every little village basically has a tourism office. Contact them, and they're extremely helpful. Like, you can contact them. I've contacted them over Facebook, by email, or just a contact form. And each one of them come back to you with a, like a long list of different things uh, for you. Now, they don't recommend anything massively where you're like oh this is what the locals do so there is a bit of a skew there so you do have to do a bit more research but they are very helpful in telling you like where you should go for example like Cassis which seems to be every single time Cassis just tops the uh, tourism charts from anything I've researched so it's like here this is the kayak company you should talk to this is the boat company you should go to if you're going to go for uh, mm-hmm. dinner this is the definite the areas you should go to there's also um, a good cafe you can stop off in, which I didn't add. Someone else walked there. Uh, and then also you have like, there's vineyards we can go to for wine tasting. So like they all give really, really good places. So it seems to be the one thing that you guys have filled out on this new structure is music has been filled out per day. Uh, the breakfast places have been <laughs> filled out per day. <laughs> and then the vineyards. So nothing to do with where should we go for lunch? Vineyards. Or <laughs> over to you guys, take it away. Vineyards. <laughs> you can eat grapes. Yeah. No, no, it's going well. We've got, as you said, music and breakfast sorted. Lunch, 
is at the moment I just popped in the, the middle midway point. I haven't found anywhere yet on those, but that's that's next on the list. Because a lot of these are you prep for snacks on the road with your breakfast stop. And so your your vineyard break in the middle of the day is going to be with accompanying food. Well, a lot of vineyards don't actually have food. That's the only that's thing. That's what I've come to realize. I was on the website. I was on that uh, rudyvigneron.com site. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. most of them are just like, yeah, here's a site. And it's like tours, wine. And it's like, that's it. Like once you've seen the wine or bought the wine, get out of our house. Like there's no, oh yeah, we offer light lunches or snacks, <laughs> or you can buy dried apricots from the gift shop. Like they don't seem to do lunch. I was kind of expecting it to be like a American brewery, like craft brewery, where you go have a few pints, you get hammered in the bar, and then they're like, yeah, now who wants uh, you know double cheeseburgers? And it's like, yeah, it sounds great. I thought it was kind of that's what they were filming, uh, but no, it seems to just be no, they're not like that. Just wine. Is that, is that this is what I got. Hello, thank you for your email. We are open from Monday to Saturday, 10 a.m. till noon and 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. We may be harvesting the 30th of September, so we may be a little bit less time for you in that case. But it's no problem for you to come and make a short degustation. So basically, we can come in, drink, and fuck off. Can we stand on the grapes? No, probably not. <laughs> My feet will be too sweaty, probably. That's where they get the flavor and the character. <laughs> That's where they get it from. Yeah. The natural yeast from your toes. Make a nice fortified wine. <laughs> over, the, over the last week, I've kind of gone in and looked at each of the roots and kind of on my own Google Maps kind of marked out uh, as like a backup plan because I haven't really been, like, as much as I trust you guys, I don't trust you. So <laughs> I've... Uh, followed the routes along the way and marked out kind of potential places that we can stop off, which are vineyards and things like that. Nice. Now, except there's except one massive exception is the longest day. I've kind of left that be for Rob to make as much judgment calls as possible on that day. Yeah, like I was looking at, so I did all the vineyards for my route mm. uh, based on that on that website and. I don't think a lot of them are open on Sundays, like you said. The one we had seen originally was not open yeah. on Sundays. Uh, and my day is a Sunday. So <clears throat> some of them, it's hard to... Yeah. I mean, how far do you want to travel? You know, mm. for, okay, let's let's say our route is a straight line. How far off of the straight line in any direction do you want to travel for lunch? A kilometer, five kilometers, you know? If a vineyard is 20 kilometers, it's not worth it. Absolutely, I totally agree. But that's the thing: yeah. if the, under under yeah, five, definitely under five, and that includes under five to go back mm-hmm. onto the route, like two and five, a half six. each way, three each way. Like. Yeah, the, I think that's a good call as well. Like it's it's pretty tough to find anywhere in France. Like France is old school, so it will be closed on Sunday. So instead of going for a vineyard on the Sunday, I would instead recommend that maybe we go to a a, a wine tasting like shop mm. uh next to a restaurant that we can go to instead uh i think that's mm. the best option a lot of vineyards are in the hills you know so our trail mm. goes through a couple of hills but it for the most part probably follows a river or a canal to canal de midi so mm. they're generally not on hills so it's like yeah the vineyard's over there and it's a three kilometer as the crow flies but it's 15 kilometers up a mountain slope to get a, on a bicycle you know that kind of thing yep like a lot of them seem to be out of the town 20 minutes, 30 minutes, but it's up also 
20 minutes, 30 minutes. So what I actually did was I had one screen with the commute route and the other screen with just Google Maps. And I had like a refresh of vineyards or wineries or degustation. And degustation is probably the one that you should go for because that's like wine tasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. as you just literally go along the route, you just move the two. And then you find something that's like within within a couple of kilometers. Like if we just go to who is Marmont to Agen, Nathan, right? Mm-hmm. So Nathan, yes. I've done a lot of work on your route already, but I'm not going to tell you about that. <laughs> places that we can go to. I knew it. I told you. We said this at the start of one of the other episodes that you know we could do nothing or everything, and Carl will have a backup plan. <laughs> You did say that. You literally said that. I've done all the work for you, but I'm not going to tell you because I want to judge my answers against your answers. It's not judging the answers. It's more it, like it, I've been in situations before with Nathan, which I've explained. It's judging. And Judgy. we have been left where everyone's hangry. So I'm prepping for removing hanger from the situations at all times. Because I know here's, here's our days. This is literally how our days are going to be. Wake up, have breakfast. Try to find a place, found place, have breakfast again, or actual breakfast and stock up, have a coffee, cycle for around an hour, realize in that cycle time, we all need to take a poop. So then, or at least two of three people will have to take a shit. Two will take a shit. The other one will have a coffee while the others are taking shits. Then we'll cycle. Then that person will have to go 20 minutes later. Suddenly we're only like 30 kilometers into the day. And then we start to get hungry an hour and a half later. So I already know that's going to happen because that happened when I go. <laughs> so if I add myself, multiply that by two other well, fuckers who are the I'm exact gl- same, it's going to be the exact same. No, I'm glad you've got a couple there because you've got one of the ones that I had. Because uh, you just Googled it now. <laughs> no, no, no. It's on It's on the list. Le, le, le Vineron de Bouzette. It was like the close. Yeah, that one. That's right. Added by Nathan less than one minute. <laughs> yeah, he seemed to delete the one I added earlier on. So you've actually got a few options there, which is really good, but I did see. But you need to just watch out, Nathan. Like You're the one who has to keep us on track of the time because the times are really weird in these places. Yeah. Anyway, so there's I have put in a few of them. Uh, we should be aiming for lunch. I would say we aim for lunch around at around halfway mark of each of the days. So fifty four between 40, 50K, we have lunch and then... In the last 20, we have another snack, but we eat like every hour anyway, is what I would say, just to keep the energy levels up. Do you want to have lunch at a vineyard per se, or, you know, would you rather have it at dinner? Like, is it a case of, okay, if there's no vineyard at around halfway and there is one at three quarters of the way, you know, or when we get there, do we have dinner there? Like, I mean, is it? I'm I'm telling you now, from my own experiences, we're not going to be having dinner at a vineyard. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, it will be we're going to have a wine tasting at a vineyard, which would be like yeah. four to eight wines we'll taste in the course of 25 minutes and mm-hmm. um, get it very tipsy, probably all buy a bottle of wine for that evening and then continue. So I think it's definitely more important for us to find if we want to eat food out we can otherwise we can already in the morning time go to a carrefour stock up on like bread peanut butter banana jam things like that and gel packs and other stuff that keeps us going throughout the day i would go with that um, and eat that for lunch 
then and stop off in a nice place and then if there is a a vineyard nearby on the route afterwards then we can do that instead but if there's another town that we go to and we're hungry let's go let's 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 just try and find if we want to eat at lunch we can but i know that that lunch is going to be like i could kill the biggest bowl of pasta in the world lunch and then go for wine later on uh or it could just be like each of us eat three baguettes or something so i wouldn't be aiming to look for lunch being a italian style lunch combined it's not going to be like that it's like it's a click and go exactly refuel and go so i wouldn't be booking in for the lunch a vineyard the vineyard should be something that we're doing along the route so if you research them like what i've done we're going to have lunch in uh, between um mamond on day two via agent to uh valence d'agent this is our actual route we'll probably have lunch in agent along the way yeah yeah that works well does that make sense for you guys yeah it does because uh that vineyard at the moment that the uh the one on on the second day is actually 20 odd k before agent so do we stop off early before lunch and have a wine or do we do it after lunch it would probably depend on the mood like it could depend on the day it's like if you're going at a good pace if it's 100k or less then then yeah i'd say maybe two yeah if you're going at a good pace and it's uphill and you're like nah I don't want to stop. If you're going downhill, it's like, yeah, we can go downhill after the vineyard. Mm. Or it's like, oh, we just had breakfast like an hour ago. Is there any point? That's a very fair point. So I'm thinking that what we would do is we'd look at each day, like as we start the day, let's kind of see where we are. Um, but there are, like, I would like to get a massive chunk of the day started off the bat. Because then if we kill, if we in the first three hours we get... Like, Rob, you're cycling what? 80, 80 kilometers in about three hours. So if we add weight onto that, if in the first three hours we get at least 50, 60 kilometers out of, under the belt, that would be mm. good. I'm not saying that that should be a benchmark, but it'd be good for us to be like, cool, for the rest of the day, we can take it easy. We can have a two-hour lunch or we can go drift off for an extra 20K here and just as long as it's downhill. But if we know that the end of the day, like in some some of our days, are going to end with a massive uphill, yeah, those days there we should be a little bit more like let's just drink at the end, fuck it, or drink at the start, have that lull that we're going to have, have lunch and continue on. I don't mm. know. I'm just suggesting my uh, well, so that eighty kilometers type of thing, that's me kind of going full like full pelt the whole way. Like, I mean, I've never done a trip like this before, but I can easily go out and cycle a full pelt or freewheel for the best part of three hours without stopping. You know, my arse gets a bit sore. But like, Mm -hmm. obviously that's, day one is going to be like that, possibly day two, but day seven and eight might not be, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, what's, what's, what's everyone's fitness level like, you know? I mean, I was thinking maybe a book in, uh, you know, the canal that goes by our house car, the Royal Canal. Yeah. You can cycle the greenway most of the way on tarmac some of it is just that shitty gravel you know or or half a mud track from our gap all the way to, to where the shannon starts in longford yeah and it's about a six hour cycle i was thinking of doing that maybe one weekend staying over in longford and then cycling back the next day you know, to get two six hour days done that's pretty cool uh 
just to see what it feels like. Yeah, just it's more to see what it's like six hours. Like my back's quite sore this week because uh, I was out on my bike the other day and then I was out on the motorbike last night and uh, it's just quite sore and my neck's a bit sore. So it's just to see like what the aches and pains are going to be like the next day. You know, we you know we can all cycle a hundred kilometers. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to do it if your back's sore and you're constantly sitting up and you know stretching yourself yeah. every, every two kilometers. That's like. a really good point. The back's the biggest thing for me. Totally agree. Like if we're going to hit a days where it's like a lot of gravel, like that shock will go up into the shoulder, so it'll hurt hurt the top part of our ne- necks and stuff. So. It's just even the, the the bent over on the bike as well. Yeah. You know, there's only so much time you can have your hands basically completely stretched out and your elbows locked without any bit of sort of using your elbows and arms as suspension, like, you know, not quite locked. Mm. But like, I mean, what what's your fitness like, do you reckon, for both is like, I mean, I'd say my fitness is quite good, but I am going on a stag next weekend and I'm probably going to be, you know, drinking all weekend. Like, so... And then I'm going to a wed- I'm going to a wedding the day before we we leave for France, you know. So it may take me a day or two to get back to full strength. Like I'm going to a wedding on the Tuesday, coming home from the wedding on the Wednesday, and flying to France on the Thursday. That's the first party I've been to in a year and a half. <laughs> what I've said these before though is like fitness is it's good. You have the general fitness for this already. So and the most important thing is to just go out and just do it. So from a fitness perspective, all of us are grand. And as we, as I saw from yourself and same myself, like we're normally up on average, if we're just going hell for leather going for it, we're up at 28 kilometers, 26, 28 kilometers an hour mm. the entire time of doing it. But we're in this case, we're dropping that massively down. So I've based on all of our averages of 16 kilometers per hour. If we hit 16 kilometers per hour, that's what these times are going to look like. But generally, we would probably be a little bit faster than that. Mm-hmm. Do you do you see the day leader being at the back? You know, it's I day see, leader is in day creator, day day decision maker. But you know, probably whether it's the fittest or the day leader goes at the back. You know, or just yeah. I think the day leader is the person who just makes the decisions on the day. It's like, hey guys, I think we should get some food now, or mm. um. They've basically said, this is the music we're going to listen to, this is the dinner we're going to have, this is the games we're going to play, this is the activities that I've checked out and researched that we could do. Or it could just be like, hey, today, yesterday was too hard. I want us to take it easy today. Mm -hmm. And we all just agree with that. However, when it comes to the cycling formation, it doesn't matter. Like I know at some sections, I'll go back a little bit. And then you guys will want to lead on and vice versa. So that'll just interchange the whole time. You don't have to be like plowing ahead. Yeah. We just see who goes and just go for it. But the day leader will be basically the one who manages the, t- the team. I'm going to say who, if you see Nathan is on a day, if Nathan's leading and you see Rob is kind of like a little bit sore, we kind of go, hey, let's just take it down at a couple of notches and. Uh, we'll stop off in every town that we can and just grab an espresso in every single one of them and just pull a Portugal again. <laughs> Carl, if we do a Portugal again, one of us is actually going to have a heart attack and die. I think so, so too. I actually Portugal was basically... Really think so. We decided to do a... Carl and I had only met about four days beforehand, five days, and uh, we decided one day that we were going to have, for every pint that we had, we'd have an espresso. And it got to the stage where we were about <laughs> we're out in we're out in a pub midday drinking with the, like the gang as you do on a surf holiday, 
and we'd had about six pints and six espressos. And then we went home and we all went to the shops and bought a crate of beer, which is super cheap in Portugal, especially if you bring back your empty bottles, you get like a 50% discount. Uh, and we sat watching Fight Club, drinking beer and got into the kitchen and making coffee. And the two of us were like genuinely having panic, internal panic attacks without knowing that the other oh, one was having an really internal intense. panic attack. Until he went, and Rob, is your chest really heavy? <laughs> yeah, my chest really heavy. Is yours? Yeah. And we were like holding each other's pulses and going, dude, Dude, you, you're easy to calm down. I think you're you're gonna you're gonna die. And he's like, Yeah, yours is the same. And we're freaking each other out. <laughs> Everyone else went out. Everyone else went out to a club that <laughs> night. And the two of us were sitting on the couch, locked, would have hearts going like hummingbirds. <laughs> oh, it was very intense. No way. No, that was so crazy. But that's what we could just do. So the the day leader is just the person who just makes the call on the day, and they outweigh and out veto all their calls. But they have to kind of be responsible for making sure that the entire route's planned. So kind of like what I'm doing in the background or what I've done there mm. for what we just talked about with Nathan's thing, where a section of the trip, I just know that there might be just to check a few parts and have a few things started. So as you're going along the route, you know roughly what is and what isn't open. So it's not just like, oh, I'll just Google this now. Mm. And then on a day that's 110 kilometers long, it's closed for- or more, that we find out that everywhere is fucking closed and we're just all of us not in a good place. Basically, you're the person who has to keep the morale up. That's the goal. Mm. I just It just occurred to me there. Are we getting puncture repair kits or spare tubes or anything like that with, with the bike? Yeah, that comes yeah. with it already. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And if not, like, well, if, if we do have to go through a puncture issue like I did in Australia... If there, you can just go to uh, any shop generally like there's a, the Catalan and Toulouse Carcassonne and all the big towns so every 100 kilometers is a, we can stop off at any type of bike and, but it's, it's the 100 kilometers in between those where you get a puncture on the side of a vineyard but let me <laughs> I'm about to just say like the cool thing about this is at um, along the routes that we're taking it used to be either train routes or specifically the canal of Medid, that section mm. Um, it either used to be a train route or it's an old canal section but what they've done is they've converted the old locks and other areas along the way into cycle repair mm. places and bike shops and tenting and little cafes so as we go through it we will be able to stop off and stock up on like another tube if we've used the tube and all this kind of stuff so it's it's primo it's, it's, it's really I don't know why I just said primo but it, it's really good <laughs> Oh, amazing. Well, I mean, on that bombshell, why don't we end it? Uh, why don't we end it there for today? Uh, thank you everyone for listening. If you uh, indeed are still listening and don't forget to check out our Instagram guys and bikes talking straight and tune in next time to join us on our adventure français. Au revoir.